Hogwarts Legacy dropped in February. We got a PS5 just to play this game and finally go to Hogwarts as students. Here's our entire breakdown of going over the pros and cons, what we loved about it, what we didn't like about the game, and our overall experience. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. But today, we're doing gaming, and we finished Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know about you, Jim, but I had an absolute blast playing this game. Same, man. We got PS5 months ago when I heard about this game coming out in 2022. I was like, I gotta play this game. I haven't played a video game in 10 years, but I got a PS5, got Hogwarts Legacy, and my goodness, what an experience as diehard Harry Potter fans for basically our entire lives Finally, the opportunity to go to Hogwarts for real and like a real immersive RPG game experience at Hogwarts Castle was just so enticing and so hard to pass up the opportunity to do that. And I am so glad we got the game. It's indescribable of how much like joy and magic I felt the first like week playing this game, discovering Hogwarts, seeing all the great nuances to the castle, all the attention to detail, the references to canon, to the book, to the movies, the music, everything. We're going to talk about Everything we loved about this game, which there are a lot of things, but also some things that ticked me off quite a bit, or I found a bit <laughs> annoying, but overall, my experience was excellent playing Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, the immersive nature of it was just really fantastic, and the music, like playing with headphones on, you hear the music and you're walking around the castle, or you're flying, or you're in the Forbidden Forest, or you're on an adventure exploring new areas within the Hogwarts, or, or at Hogsmeade, which was so much fun. I found it just so enjoyable. And just, I spent weeks just, like, wandering around. Like, I would do quests, but then I would just, like, fly around for, like, two hours and just, like, explore the map and, and check out every nook and cranny of the castle and, and all over the forest. And I had a blast. And it was just, for the my first video game experience in a long time, it was really memorable, really fantastic, and made me want to be like, you know what? I'll give video game another, give me another shot. We'll, we'll give it another shot. Yeah, this yeah. is from Warner Brothers. Warner Bros. Discovery, as well as Port Key Games. This was under wraps for a long time until a couple years ago. Some information started coming out that there would be a Harry Potter open-world video game, which was super exciting. And finally, last year, we started getting a lot of advertising and, and, and uh, just visuals of what this game was going to look like, whether it be teasers, trailers, photo photos, some gameplay leaks, stuff like that. And the fervor for this game just grew and grew. It was like an avalanche, man. Like every day that passed, people were going crazy for it. We even dabbled <laughs> in making a Hogwarts Legacy podcast, which we ended up stopping because the workload was obscene. <laughs> James was not sleeping. I was, he was just editing Hogwarts I had no videos. life. It was just a lot of work because we have the full-time podcast. And I was like, it's a great business opportunity. I'm like, holy fuck, there's too much to do. I was like, yeah, I'm down, but I'm not going to do any work. So just give me a smaller cut of whatever profits you make. We didn't really make any yeah, money. Yeah, we didn't make any profits. But um, <laughs> if we stuck with it, maybe. But if we had a full-time go going at it, I thought it was a really good but idea. But I feel like it would have ruined the gaming experience where like, you do something and you're like, oh, I got to make a video about this yeah. quest. Or I got to make a video about this thing I found. So... I think it would have ruined the gaming experience rather than what we're doing right now. We just spent a month playing it each, really enjoyed it, didn't worry about analyzing it, just enjoyed the experience of playing, and now we're going to look back on it. What I love about it, though, is when I first got the PS5 and I was getting Hogwarts Legacy, you were like, yeah, maybe I'll play. Yeah, I might, I might play. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I remember one time, you're like, I might dabble maybe a little bit here and I there. Said, I said I might make a character and just, like, walk around the castle. And then you were like, I'm fucking playing, and you better not be home when I'm going to play, when I want to play. I remember, like, I had to cancel a trip, and you were like... Oh, man, I was going to play Hogwarts all week by myself. <laughs> now you're going to be here. i got to split time with you. And then there was another time where you were going to leave for like five days. And you're like, I, th I might bring the PS5. And I was like, oh, well, it's yours. So, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere, but I had nothing to do while I yeah. was there. Uh, I was like, yeah. I, I was like, sure, take it. It's yours. Uh, <laughs> but then I couldn't fit it in a suitcase. You were like, fuck yeah. Inside, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. Hogwarts all week for me. It's all mine. <laughs> yeah, so I I finished it before you because I had I was able, you had 
some time off where you weren't able to play. Well, I, I mean, finished the the storyline yeah, in yeah. terms of the quests, but yeah. I actually graduated and did my OWLs, unlike you. Wow, the smug attitude that just came out. Well, of I you. really beat the game. <laughs> How great was the ceremony? It was so it, underwhelming. Yeah, exactly that was one of the thought. things that we'll I talk knew it was going to be in terms yeah. of the cons. But let's start with the pros. I think the visuals were astounding. The immersive quality was so exceptional. Reading about not just the castle walls, the interiors, the exteriors, the Quidditch pitch. Hogsmeade, just seeing this in the movies, but then being able to, anytime you want, go to all these locations once you get past the opening of the game, which was sometimes a little slow, learning everything, but... At first, yeah, I would say, yeah. But I mean, I mean, just wandering Hogwarts, just seeing all these different corridors and the portraits and the NPCs, the the other characters, the students, the teachers, the professors, the, the magical quality to every part of Hogwarts, how it's kind of like this living, breathing machine or, Puzzles or castle everywhere. it's just yeah. so incredible to finally finally really experience hogwarts for yourself and i thought the visuals were remarkable and there was there there's some just like people weren't happy about like how sometimes when you leave the castle through one of the main doors you get like a a, a second and a half loading freeze for like you know what i mean it has shouldn't little, have to wait for that yeah like, it's like relax <laughs> there's still no loading screens you know what i mean you, you throw on assassin's creed you get to wait 30 seconds before you can play well i would say the only loading screens are the flu flames yeah flu fast flames. travel yeah which fast travel made the game so great i love fast travel but i didn't mind when you went when you exited or entered the castle i did not mind that like second and a half delay it was okay because they needed to do that to be able to render every the all the exteriors immediately so i didn't mind that at all because i felt like it was still worth it for how good it looked so waiting for a second didn't bother me and then the loading screens for flute flames which i yeah you to, I totally forgot about those didn't mind about those either because when you started playing or you go to this new location it's so immersive and the graphics look terrific uh, I was like, I don't even mind waiting at all. So it, I, I, it was the delays didn't bother me. I was getting so sick of the flu flames lady. The lady, they she said made the a, same thing. They made a patch where they reduced the amount of because every time you travel flu flames, uh, what traveling was so hard before I created flu flames. Every time you did the flu flames or walk past it, I was just like, shut up, lady. So someone <laughs> made a TikTok stitch of that. So it, it's they played that every time. I mean, traveling was so hard before I invented flu flames, and then it cut to Harry and Azkaban yelling at his aunt, shut up, shut. up! <laughs> <Our March. laughs> it's great. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But that, but that was definitely something that, by the third week of playing, you're like, are you still saying this some this one line every time? I know they patched it and reduced it by a quite a bit, but uh, I feel like they could have just had some other lines other that she lines, says, yeah. or just no lines at all. Yeah, we don't have to hear it. But the canon accuracy and also the attention to detail was astounding. I mean, just going into the great hall or going up the grand staircase. Prefect's bathroom. Prefect's Did you go bathroom. in there? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, you had to for some missions. Oh, yeah, yeah, for when you're sneaking around. Plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, the hourglasses with the house cup points and everything like that. Just going up the astronomy tower, the dungeons. I mean, the <laughs> dungeons and dragons. <laughs> Sorry. That's still on my brain from doing it this past week. Well, your common room's in the dungeon. You get to go to the dungeons, yeah. near the dungeons, not in the dungeons. Mm -hmm. um, also, just every location, the... The Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, the herbology department, the, the classroom. I love the herbology wing. I mm -hmm. thought it was really fantastic. The kitchens with the elves, with the house elves. Yeah. Like, I went into the kitchens. I was like, oh my God, it's the kitchens. The common rooms were gorgeous, enormous, so much detail. But there is a con about the common rooms, which we'll get to when I get into the cons list as well. Ooh, cons. And then I would say just flying around the castle. It just, I was just like thinking about like Goblet of Fire where he's getting chased by the dragon. There was a point where, there was a few times where I was just like flying my broomstick through all of the towers of Hogwarts exploring any area where I could land. And I spent a couple hours just doing that and that was just so much fun of just like, oh, I can land on this tower. What's this? Oh, it's like a teleporting frog. What the hell? <laughs> and then you can find like secret rooms or secluded corridors just like by going around the interior the exterior of all these towers and stuff, and and then I love the the uh, the lake. The boathouse looked just like in Deathly Hallows, and I was like, oh my god, that's like where Snape died. And this is crazy. The attention to detail of the of the castle was really fantastic. And this take them, uh, <laughs> take them, take them, take them. You have your mother's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but there are so many fun secret areas. Like uh, there's a secret area where you have to get. Um, uh, uh, what's the uh, eating plant? The plant that eats? 
One of those. The, vi- the tentacula. Tentacula. No, the cabbages. No, the tentacula. Yeah. The tentacula shoot stuff. Well, no, I'm sorry. That's what I mean, though. That's what I mean. Okay. There's a the secret, the venomous tentacula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a secret room under the herbology uh, wing, and you have to walk through Devil's Snare. It's not even a quest. It's just like a loot thing. And <laughs> I, I entered this this uh, corridor, and it's super dark. Then I started getting attacked and getting hurt. I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, oh, it's Devil's Snare. So I most up, and then all the vines went away. I was like, this is amazing. Like, just there's Devil's Snare right here. It's so cool. Yeah, also, the story was solid. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect. There is a con to it where we still really don't know who the fuck we are. Yeah. Like, where we came from, why magic was awakened, really. We don't know who our family is. So I'm I'm disappointed that we didn't get really a background on who we are as a student or as a person in the Wizarding World. You're right. There was no explanation. But the story was pretty solid. You know, it was better than I thought it would be. And it was exciting. The opening was pretty, pretty awesome where the guy gets... Spoilers, obviously. <laughs> Eaten by the dragon in the carriage that's taking you to Hogwarts. You obviously get, like, discovered in London, basically, and picked up. You get your letter while you're just wandering the streets of 1890s London. And the story was solid. You know, we have the Goblin Rebellion being led by Ranrock. He's also got a bunch of people working for him. Rookwood is the other main antagonist, and he's trying to obtain ancient magic to take over the world. Basically, they'll take over the Wizarding World, this ancient magic that is inside of you. There's different forms of the ancient magic, and that's cross-cut basically with the storyline of discovering the secrets about the ancient magic from the past and the the antagonists of who is also running the ancient magic like today with the past wizards and witches and mm-hmm. those in the that the, quartet, the mysteries yeah. and the the professors and that young girl who becomes a witch with ancient magic as well and how it can kind of just mm. pa- passed on to a special yeah. person. There was there was some diff- definitely some interesting storylines, obviously. It's a stark difference from from Rowling's talent as a writer and her crafting of lore and history, but I think they did a good job trying to craft a good story in within one of the greatest stories ever told. Like it's it's not going to be as good as a Harry Potter book story, but still, I think they did a solid job trying to follow suit of the kind of style that she did in storytelling and. They threw in some really cool, interesting ideas. So I agree. I think they did a solid job with the story. It wasn't like amazing, but I think it was it was very serviceable. And sure. I really enjoyed the quests with the other main companions. So Sebastian Salo's quest, I think, was the most interesting storyline in the entire game. Also, uh, Natsayone was really interesting, as well as Poppy Sweeting, the Ravenclaw companion. We didn't really get to do much with him at all. But I think those three storylines were really fun and really interesting, and I finished them all uh, until completion. And I think Sebastian's was probably my favorite because it got so dark, and obviously you learn yeah. the unforgivable curses with him as well, which is super exciting. Plus, it was just so much fun fighting in fairy, because obviously the goblin battles were fun, and then the the poachers. It's fun, but like fighting in fairy, it's it's like more intense because you have the horror aspect to it, and you're in the tombs. Yeah, that's really fun. It was just like fantastic, and like really only being able to kill them with fire. Like, I really enjoyed fighting in Fairy. I thought that was, it was one of my favorite aspects of the game. And just speaking of that, just the the battle was, I think, a highlight for the game. Fighting was challenging. Oh, combat. Yeah, I combat. Gotcha. It was fight, it, it, fighting other wizards or in Fairy or goblins. Challenging spiders, too. Trolls. Um, trolls are tough. Um, and then I like the customization you can have with spells because there are so many you can choose from. So you can, like, I'm sure everybody had their different favorite kinds of spells to use I, I we had very different orders of spells we like to use in our in our combinations and and in our fighting style so just us two completely different uses of combat which i think was a strength with the game for sure because it allowed everyone to play in their own style develop a unique way of fighting and using spells so i loved the the combat i loved it and it was it wasn't easy like at first it took like a it took uh, several hours to really get the hang of it and to really kind of hone in on how to move, how to parry, how to attack, uh, what good combos to use. And it, I, I liked how it wasn't easy. And even as you got good and very, very solid as, as in combat, they still made it pretty challenging from battle to battle. And I, but I will say the final battle of the big boss was a little too easy. But before that, I had a lot of fun fighting like entire armies in all the uh, the poachers dens or 
or the uh, the campsites. Those were a lot of fun to just walk in there and just go to town on people. Yeah, there's a ton of spells. I think there was, it was yeah. over 20, right? And I think basic spell was also one that was really effective and used probably the most. That was just the, the R2, <laughs> quick command, yeah. Protego, Stupefy, Lumos, uh, Revilio, Accio, Leviosa, Wingardium, Leviosa, Reparo. The Ancient Magic, I think, was so exciting to use. I, I used that as often as possible. And I even You're able to increase how much Ancient Magic you can hold and wield mm-hmm. when you do like the Ancient Magic locations, as well as the Ancient Magic throw. Incendio, Disillusionment, Charm was awesome, going slightly invisible. Petrificus Totalis, Expelliarmus, Depulso, Confringo, Defindo, Wingardium, Leviosa, Glacius, Alohomora, which I got annoyed with, Descendo, yeah. Flipendo, Transformation spells, Bombarda, Avada Kedavra, Crucio, and Imperio. Yeah, I had some combos that I used a lot. I think one what of my were fa- your favorite combos besides the outside of the for unforgivable curses, which well, yeah, I used before, all the yeah. time. So whenever I used Avada Kedavra, I screamed with joy. <laughs> I would be like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" <laughs> Plus, also when you you're leveling up and you're getting the attribute. Trade skill points. You can yeah, like yeah. anyone who's cursed and use Avada Kedavra dies. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But one one of my favorite combinations was Glacius and then Defendo. So Glacius would freeze somebody and then you Defendo them and if they were either weakened or not like a troll, they would sp- sp- crush into pieces of ice. Mm-hmm. So it was like a really effective combo. So there, if you could pair spells together that were super effective, as well as Expelliarmus with the Ancient Magic Throw is an excellent spell combo to yeah. use as well. But obviously, I think probably. Conf- Confringo was like my number one spell. King Confringo was my favorite too because it had the long distance range. Whereas Infri- Incendio, also a very powerful fire spell, but your enemy had to be pretty close for it to work. So you had to Leviosa and Accio them right up to you to really get it to work. Whereas Confringo, the range on that was terrific and it was so powerful. And Bombardo too. Bombarda. Com- com- Bombardo. Confringo was my favorite. And I, I really like to use I like to use Leviosa Accio to bring someone right up to you. Then I also like to use the transformation spell. Like right off the top of the bat a battle, I would like turn someone tough into like a mouse or or the barrel or whatever. Then I'd throw them at someone else. So I like to use the transformation spell a lot. I I, I was like late to using it. And then I was like, let, let me try this working this into into combat. And it was really helpful in combat for sure. And I but I would say Confringo is my favorite. Ancient magic's a lot of fun. But uh I and I had like I I had four of the combos set up and I had them each each one had a, a fire attack no each one had an attack uh, and then a transformation or, or or the leviosa one you had to have every color almost yeah. because yeah red of, yellow of the, orange red yellow green when I had um the unforgivable spells of the, sh- the shields you had to have like yeah. a combo so you can use exactly because you can break shields whenever I was thinking about would it be better to have all of all of one belt be red, the next one be purple, the next one be yellow. But then I realized, no, that you'd have to change too much. And so it was good to have all four colors in each set. Yeah, plus when you're battling people, there's someone who has yellow, purple, red shield. Yeah. So you need, the, you need the combination of all of them usually, except for the un- Unforgivables, with, which broke the and shields. That helped make combat really challenging and, yeah. and exciting because you're like, you could take them all out, no problem. But them having their shields and also color coordinating the shields... It added another element to the combat to make it really exciting. Descendo was one that I hardly ever used. I never used I Descendo, think that, really. I Flipendo here and there. More yeah. more for, like, the Merlin's Trials with that one. But <laughs> Descendo, I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But everything else I used a lot. Revelio was one, basically, you use 24-7 in this game. Revelio. I, I remember uh, I saw a great uh, video meme where it was, like, how you expect Hogwarts Legacy to be, like, Avada Kedavering people everywhere. But then it cuts to a character just going, Revelio, 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 Revelio. <laughs> Like like a supercut, yeah. Basically, that's what you're doing the whole time. <laughs> but I, I really and I thought that the basic spell cast was a great addition to have, where it's you're just constantly using it. It's basically kind of like a just like a, a punch in a way, like a jab, yeah, of keeping people away, keep and being able to take out energy. But then also every fourth hit tri- uh, quadrupled the uh, hit points as the previous ones. So. I always worked in getting these four hit combinations to really increase damage on people. Plus, when you are you start adding the the traits and the attributes to yourself, oh, the yeah. talent points. Yeah. You know, you. I think they could have done a better job explaining that you have a limited amount. Yes. Yeah. Because you, we were getting a bunch of the first level ones immediately, which was fine. But yeah. then I found out on the internet, I'm like, yo, you might want to save some of them. So I was mm-hmm. always having a couple in my back pocket just to make yeah. sure I used them for things that I actually wanted. But once you started using those and, and leveling up, you were a formidable foe and you were incredibly powerful even the basic cast i remember one time i was fighting and you were like damn you're fucking savage (laughs) 
So actually, I like the talent points a lot, but I think they could have done a better job explaining that you have a minimum amount, especially for non-gamers like yeah, us that I, have seen that in other uh, video games. I definitely used a bunch early on that I was like regretting um, two weeks later. Like, oh, I wish I didn't spend all those on these dumb ones that I don't even need, really. <laughs> Now, next up, I would say the music is one of the greatest strengths of this film, and I adored it. I, I was listening to it nonstop, like even when I wasn't playing the game, like great YouTube compilations of the music and ambient world music of Hogwarts Legacy, but it's like three hours of official tracks that they released online, and it's just really incredible. They captured really the essence of what John Williams specifically did with the first two movies, not so much what he did with the third one because he changed up so much with the jazz aspect, but still very similar. <laughs> you say that every time. Because for people who didn't haven't heard that, Anthony, I'm trying to get some specificity because then someone's going to be like, oh, he also did the third one. See, this is to prevent hate comments. <laughs> you know someone be like, oh, did you know? He actually did the third film as well. Uh. This fucking guy. You, they're totally different music from the first two than the third one. <laughs> I'm going to fight you. Stop laughing at me. You know I'm right. You're just ranting. Because they sound so different. No, they do. The first do. two are... No, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. I'm just saying you word it the same way every time. Yes, well, it's for people who haven't heard me say it before. Goodness. Gonna, Anyways, the, the, score, the score was done by Chuck E. Myers, a.k.a. C., J. Scott Ricosi and Peter Murray. They did a really outstanding job. I love it. Yeah, I think the Hogsmeade tracks were so incredible. The flying music. But also sometimes just wandering Hogwarts even at night with the really eerie scores and beautiful. I thought that they did a terrific job. Different locations of the castle or exteriors around the world. Just bring the character of that environment to the music. The flying theme was one of my favorites. Whenever you, whenever you were flying, I loved that. And I, was, and I would like... If you got that, if you're, I would like to fly unnecessarily over the lake, like right above the lake. I always did that. I would just be like a, a foot above the water surface. It was so much fun. The common room music was great too. Yeah. That was actually really jazzy for Slytherin. I don't know what it was like for Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. uh, Ravenclaw, I, it, was, it was more like the main score, I would say. Yeah. Uh, go, cu character customization and kind of like your own personal experience of who you want to be in the game was also off the charts fun. I mean, you, I got my character designed to the point where it fucking looked like me on screen. We were, oh, we would always be like, dude, look like the hair, man, like the, the side angles, the hair. It would be like that's fucking you on the screen. It was, screen. It was crazy. crazy how yeah. close I got it. It was pretty wild. And then I made my hair blonde, which was super like long and blonde. <laughs> you had like a Victorian vampire look going Fuck for, yeah, dude. for the longest time. Yeah, dude, it looked awesome. Like the ruffles and everything. You looked like Interview with the Vampire. It was great, man. <laughs> it was it was really fun. But also the transmog, meaning basically when you're getting the the the, the war, wardrobe and each one has different attributes. Some are stronger than others. You can basically uh, um, set the stronger piece of wardrobe, whether it's gloves, a hat, eyewear cloaks pants whatever but you can transmog meaning you can select a different one for the visual properties or no visual property at all so that you could have the most decked out jacked seat like outfit for the most power but you didn't have to look wearing those pieces you didn't of have to have to have the ridiculous glasses on or like a giant <laughs> top hat <laughs> so we didn't understand that for a while nope and then i was like hold on anthony there's this thing called transmog. You can select that war that robe for its strength properties and attributes, but you can also turn it off yeah. and select something else. Which I, I feel like I wish they explained that a little more in detail before. Also, I, I wish they would have explained that too. But, I mean, we figured it out early enough where it didn't really affect us too much. But it was like, I was like, I don't want to have to wear this stupid hat the yeah. whole time. I would like go and equip in an outfit before I go into battle. And I'd put on the silly outfit with like dragon fire glasses and like a <laughs> weird pointy hat. Huge scarf. And I'd be like, I'm ready to go to battle. And I'm just like battling with this weird, yeah, giant red scarf. And I look ridiculous. And then I was like, oh, you can turn the function of the appearance yeah. off to something else. But I, and I really did enjoy the changing of clothing and how they all had different attributes and their different levels. And I liked, it took me, I, I experimented with different looks and I would like try this look out for a couple of days and try that look out for a couple of days. And then I, I centered on, uh, it was like kind of like a Indiana Jones-esque Navy, like cool outfit with a robe over it. And that was like, that ended up being like my look. And I always kept the robe, the school robes for the, for a while because I still wanted to, I wanted to feel like a student 
Like, I didn't want to wear, like, some crazy outfit or, like, an adult outfit. I still wanted to be, like, I'm at Hogwarts. I'm going to wear a dress robe. I'm going to wear the school clothing robe. So I wore those for a long time just to make it feel, make me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a student at Hogwarts for a I while. I changed that ASAP. Yeah, as soon as I could, I was like, I'm something else. Like I, like you said, I looked like a Victorian era vampire. <laughs> you were ridiculous. And then I kind of changed to, like, I just went in full wizard look and had, you like, had these a great really robe. cool green robes that I, and, and kind of, like, I looked sort of like a knight. But also a wizard at the same time. It was like a really a nightly cool, wizard. It was a really cool outfit. Yeah, I, I, like, I like that robe. I was like, "Fuck it!" I remember I was walking by TV once when you were playing, and I stopped. I was like, "This is a cool robe right there." <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I was called. like, "Where'd you get that?" And it was green to go with Slytherin yeah. because obviously I was Slytherin. So that was a great pro as well, being able to choose what house you are in. I think was awesome. Yeah, but for me, it was like I had to always wear a robe. Like for me, it didn't. I didn't feel like a wizard unless I was wearing a robe of some kind. So I always, I always had one on. I get that. I get that. Um, some and also the wand wand customization was fun. I like how you can change the handles. Yeah. yeah. And um, I I always just kept like a very basic handle, but I like I appreciate how they had all sorts of different customizations for that as well. It was a lot of fun. I think the game length game length was also really solid in terms of if you just want to do the the main story and quest, it wouldn't take you that long to finish it. Probably like what twenty to thirty hours. But then if you want to keep going, there's so many other things to do with the side quests with the companions as well as just random quests with people, whether they're students in the castle, outside the castle, or just people around the wizarding world in the camps, in the towns, in in Hogsmeade, wherever. It was super fun. And I like how the map was so open. And you could just really go anywhere and open up parts of the map. And you could just, like, if you wanted to go into a mongrel den and, and fight some mongrels, you can go there. You could capture some unicorns. You could capture, capture some thestrals. I really enjoyed the magical beast aspect of it. I liked how there were these little villages sprinkled throughout. I had a really fun time just exploring. Nighttime was really fun to be outside of Hogwarts at night. And But I would say an absolute highlight of the game was the room of requirement and all the stuff you could do in there. First of all, you could customize the room to look at however you want. And we both had very different looking rooms of requirement. And I love the magical beasts and <clears throat> how you could raise them and capture them. It was just so much fun I had. And when you have all four of them locked, what, what's the room, little room called? The what? Where you raise the animals. What was it called? Oh, vivarium. Vivariums. When you had gotcha. four vivariums. And then you could have like basically all the animals you wanted. It was just super fun to have. I would just like go in and pet them and feed them. It was, yeah, it, was like, it was like having Pokemon. It was essential to building up your uh, apparel in terms of having the strongest attributes for whatever you're wearing and whatever you have equipped, whether it be gloves and robes, to increase the strength, give them magical properties. So I also really enjoyed the room of requirement, you know, making potions and hanging out with Deke and stuff like that. Although I will say, I thought it would be more integral to beating the game. Yeah. Because I feel like you could beat the game no problem without potions really uh, without brewing potions, maybe a couple, but mm -hmm. without the magical beast aspects of it, because I still think one of the main cons of the game, which we'll get into in a little bit, it was how easy it was with the boss levels in terms of beating Ranrock, beating Rookwood, because once you are stacked out with potions and, and plants and also the magical properties that you've sewn into your clothing, you are unstoppable, really, and it was kind of just too easy. So I thought it would be more important that you would have to, no matter what, you have to raise beasts. You have to put the properties into your clothing, yeah. which I enjoyed doing. It was a lot of fun, but also it didn't really, it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't essential to be in the game. Unless you were playing maybe on, like, hard. I was playing on maybe. moderate. But I mean, I think because I ended up by the, the latter several hours I had just, like, all legendary clothing and it was just that everything was at the highest attribute possible. And so I, I agree. I feel like even stitching in magical properties wasn't really going to help that much. And I feel like I agree. It didn't really make much of a difference in terms of the actual gameplay. It was fun to do, but it wasn't really integral to you being stronger. I mean, it did help, I'm sure, but like... I was like, I, I still would have fucking decimated these guys yeah. no matter what. It, it didn't matter. All you would really need is some of the health potions and like some. Yeah, you would just have some, some potions, some Maduras, a bunch of Wigan Weld, uh, Thunder, Thunder Brew, Thunder Brew if you want. Dude, Thunder Brew would destroy people. Yeah, that would destroy people. Then a Duras was just a great potion because for thirty seconds you were untouchable. You were overly powerful. I mean, yeah. the cabbage was savage. The yeah. cabbage fucked things up. The venomous antagonist yeah. fucked stuff up. So like. Once you're releasing plants and using potions, you are unstoppable. Yeah, so I would say, especially the the final battle, I found it to be very easy. 
And it I was, was interesting but easy yeah. against Ranrock. It was fun, but I was like, I was like, it, but even before then, like, because I had a Vada Kadavra, there was a point where like it was me versus two trolls. I just had Vada Kadavra at one troll and took out the other troll like super quickly. Like I well, was pretty amateur. See, what you do is you Crucio or, or Imperio one, and then you Vada Kadavra the other, or you Imperio a troll and let them kill everybody else. Yeah, you were using Imperio a lot. I never, I, I never really used Imperio that much. Dude, it's an awesome spell. Yeah, because like let's say you have like a bunch of goblins and a troll, you Imperio the troll. He just takes a bunch of people out. Yeah, that's smart. That's really smart. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't need it. I, I, I took that troll out, no problem. <laughs> you were like, just too excited. I didn't need him. I just like, like I just couldn't help it every time. That was like, when I had it, it was the first fucking spell I used every time. Every fight, it was the first spell I used. <laughs> I was like, you're wasting it, man. Because <laughs> it's a 90 second cooldown. I didn't care, man. I had so much, I had so <laughs> much fun using it. I had so much fun using it. Uh, but the potions, I think, helped out a lot. It, sometimes they helped out too much. Yeah. I think Aduras making you really impe impenetrable for that long was too much of a like basically a cheat code in a way also the invisibility potion i thought was really lackluster because it only lasted five seconds yeah you would use it and then like in a few seconds they could see you again i was like really i mean I, at least make it last like 15 seconds so you can really get your bang for your buck because that was the the rarest plants to grow the ingredients for that one was the hardest to, to brew so mm -hmm. i didn't like how the invisibility pro potion only lasted five seconds uh the maximus potion Maxima Potion lasted, I believe, 20 seconds. So that was a good one to use. So I would do, if I was in a big battle, especially with, like, the giant moving statues in the challenges, I would be, I would right when the fight started, I would throw in the Aduras Potion, and then I would drink a Maxima Potion. So then I would just fucking unload on everyone. So yeah, they couldn't hurt. giant stone. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't hurt you, and your all of your spell damage was doubled. So I that, that was my basic uh, route. And then I discovered how good Thunderbrew was. And how much the storm cloud just fucking destroyed people with lightning. And then when I was surrounded by a bunch of people, I just thunderbrew or and spiders. And the cabbage. Yeah, the, the cabbage, cabbage and tentacula. I'd be like, bum, yeah, bum. Yeah, I would throw them all out. Yeah. Potion, potion. It's, yeah. It's, it was almost like... It got to be too easy yeah. at points. It's like you can't lose. Yeah, so maybe... I, and also, like, I found the ending battle, like, it would have been harder if you had to fight, like, an army. As opposed to just Ranrock turning into a dragon. And you had to, like color coordinate your strikes with the bubbles that he had i was like i was like this is kind of an underwhelming final boss battle it would have been cool if you were with the teachers and all of you just went off That's on, what, like a yeah. hundred enemies had to fight them all when they showed up i was like oh are we gonna be in a fucking giant battle and yeah. then it does it just cuts away and you're like you're just with um renrock frig fig oh, and then fig. fig gets crushed and <laughs> frig. then <laughs> frig and frig frig and fig and then it's just you and renrock i was like i thought we were gonna be like fighting side by side with teachers in this big battle so that it was pretty underwhelming, I would say the final battle. But before you before you got super strong, it was pretty challenging the fights, and they still were challenging because yeah, yeah. you didn't want to waste your potions on like a random like poacher den or whatever. So on those fights, I found those fights more challenging than than the big fights in some Sometimes, ways. Sometimes, yeah, because you didn't want to use like all of your Durst potion or you wanted to uh, save something, so you were like playing. Uh, a little more close to the chest, you know what I mean? So I actually thought those fights that sometimes were harder. I really enjoyed some more pros before we get into the cons in addition to the the final boss fight. Um, I really liked the Deathly Hollows memory sequence. I thought that was really creative and yeah. interesting, the black and white sequence. And you just kind of... they. I love how they threw it in. Threw it in. They're like, fuck it, we're going to put the Deathly Hollows in this game somehow. I, I thought, thought was that great. was really exciting yeah. to see those. The puzzles I thought were really fun and, and solid. Some were pretty difficult. Most part, pretty easy, solid, and pretty well. But I, I think they were challenging at times, which was great. I like the... Um, yeah, I liked... What the, the Merlin's trials? Those were pretty interesting to gather. I was getting sick of those, to be honest. Yeah, well, you kept. I stopped doing them after a while, but I was like, oh, whenever there was one around, I'd be like, oh, what is this puzzle? The the moon one. Those were fun because well, I, I was trying to level up. I'll explain that uh -huh. to Con for me. The the moons that you had to gather once you could unlock doors, and I would just like be at nighttime and I'd be revealing revealing on every village, like looking for those the moon drakes. Yeah, the moon drakes. Um, and I like the. The puzzles with the color, the codes yeah, that you had that to solve. Cool. Those, are, I think, were the best puzzles. Also, I think one of the best parts was the ability to skip dialogue in the cinematic sequences when you're talking to people. And it's just like, triangle, 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 boring. Because some of the dialogue took too long and got a little boring. Like, when you're just having a conversation with somebody, you're like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I don't it care. got to the point where the entire second half of the game, I was cutting through everything. <laughs> I was cutting through everything. Too much talking. So, for something like Last of Us, you have to watch... But the so 
because Hogwarts has both cinematic sequences as yeah, well yeah, as the yeah. dialogue boxes and mm-hmm. dialogue conversations. I'm talking about you can skip the cinematic sequences if you want, which are the, just the the movie versions, the movie scenes. But then I'm talking about the skipping the the lines that people say. Oh no, yeah, yeah. But what I'm asking, Last of Us isn't. Uh, I'm Last just of, asking. You can't skip anything in Last of Us. You can skip if you want, but okay. it doesn't have the dialogue thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the cinematic sequences are short and brief. Yeah, the, the cinema ones here are very short. There aren't sure. a ton of cinema sequences in The Last of Us. And so that's why I really love that game. There's no dialogue boxes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just, you're constantly moving. Yeah, so I, I would but say... But you'd be talking to somebody <laughs> for like four minutes about the things that you just talked about or just did. It's like, I It know. was getting redundant where it would be like you would you would, expl- you would explain to someone something you just did. It's like, we just did it. We don't need to explain it to someone for the... Like, that was like... The writing was throwing me off at times and it got to the point where I was like, they are just like... Are they just filling time? I don't understand like why we're recounting something we just did. At first, I was listening to every line people would say because I thought it was all going to be important. But a lot of it, I would say like 80% of what the NPC said was not really important at all. I agree. So I think that was definitely a con to the game where it just wasn't, it didn't seem very engaging in terms of the dialogue scenes. Let's get into some cons that I wrote down. Obviously, we're talking about how it was a little too easy to beat, especially the bosses. We talked about Ran Rocky basically just turns into a giant dragon, which was interesting. You know, you had to coordinate his shields with the color spells you had which was you know different the the rookwood battle was super underwhelming Dude, it was so easy same thing with the poacher boss basically what you do is you you fight a bunch a few waves of their villains and their guys in hunchies the dark wizards and witches and then there would just be three sequences of a wand sp- uh, like cast off against him and you just had to keep tapping x and then he just dissolved away yeah. same thing with the other guy I was disappointed as hell because I thought Rookwood would be like a challenging boss to have to beat, and it really ended up being pretty easy. I would say I was surprised when he was left. It was, it was just you versus Rookwood, and it wasn't like a normal battle fight. It I thought he was going to be like his power level was going to be so fucking hard to drain, and he was going to be just uh, you had to like strategize. I was like, anticipating like something epic, and then it was just like the tapping of of X, and I was like, that was it. The Come serial on. killer witch in Hogsmeade was harder to beat. Yeah, than him. she was. She was tough. Yeah, she, she was, was tough. She, tough yeah, cookie. Yeah, I was like, she's if she's tough, I'm, what's Rookwood going to be like? I had more trouble with the student battle at the training area. The third, the level, third yeah. level one, when I was still learning and I didn't really know how to fight, and you, I, I, I was fighting three at a time. I had to do that. I think it was like you saw me. I did it like twelve times until I could beat them, and it, it was tough. That was that was way harder than the Rookwood fight and the Ranrock fight. The thing with Ranrock is, I already thought he was intimidating. You know what I mean? There's a there's a cinematic sequence uh, in the one of the caves in one of the tunnels when you destroy the facility. And then Ranrock shows up, and it, it, they insinuate you might about you might start a fight, but then you all escape because the place collapses. I was like, "Oh shit, Ranrock's here!" Like I already found him intimidating enough. He didn't need to turn into a dragon. He also, I feel like, they had too little story to in the mm-hmm. in the game in the, the main quest. I think they could have had more Ranrock in there. Also, I think there was sometimes. Too little to do at Hogwarts that I found super interesting outside of the the quests and the side and I guess you could say the companion quest. I would have liked more interesting mysteries to do and solve inside the castle. You know, there are some things to do here and there, but they were just kind of silly or trivial, but fun. Because I really adored wandering Hogwarts and running around and just finding things to do there, but I feel like it came to a point where there wasn't much else to do inside Hogwarts that I found interesting. Yeah, that's a great point because one of the greatest qualities about the Hogwarts castle is that there are mysteries that people probably have never discovered or old mysteries that have just been lost in time. Like the Chamber of Secrets is an example of a mystery that was just lost in time. Nobody could ever find it. And then Harry ends up finding it in Chamber. That's an example of like the castle just being full of secrets. And I think they really could have tapped into that for the game of in making all sorts of sequences or environments that were like maybe ancient things from the past of Hogwarts that no one has discovered yet or have discovered and have been forgotten or lost in time. So I think that they left a lot on the table for that. Yeah, I think they went for making as big as a world and map as possible. And I feel like they could have used some of that time and resources to add more to Hogwarts, which I I, I would have liked a lot more because... The majority of the map, I thought it was really cool to see how big it was and explore those areas. But overall, especially when you get into the southern regions, it's not too exciting. I mean, yeah, they've the trolls, same old trolls and stuff down yeah. there. It looks a little different, kind of. At least I, I feel like they could have given them different 
environmental qualities. You know, maybe make one a snow area, maybe more of a water beachy area, yeah. kind of. There I, was one beachy area, but yeah. it wasn't. It was just one. Yeah. But I was just. I think they went bigger map for for just the game and the RPG's sake versus I feel like you could have added so much more to Hogwarts inside the castle. And if there were more quests involving the other areas, like maybe if there was a quest involving the stairwell or there was maybe some secret basement or dungeon or like really because they made the the castle really great for exploration, but it was most of it was just for exploration. So but we also got to remember it's a school. That's true. I, yeah, 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 that's true. But I, I, I agree. I think but I there could have been a little bit more in, hidden in, hidden inside. No, the I'm not saying it has to be something scary or oh, it's a dungeon or whatever, yeah. but something more interesting than mm -hmm. finding gobstones. Yeah, you know. And I will say, in terms of the castle quests, I was expecting more hiding and sneaking around than there was. There were a couple of missions where you had to sneak around and hide from prefects or teachers, but it, I would have liked it if, whenever you wanted to go anywhere at night, you had to sneak out. Or you had to take a secret entrance, or you had to use um, the invisibility, cast the invisibility spell, because I found it at nighttime in the books and in the movies. Like you can't be out of your common room. The patrol of the prefects. Yeah. I thought that was going to yeah. be a major you, factor. You cannot leave your common room at night. In the game, in the other games, there was the patrol that you yeah. had to avoid. So I would have liked it if every time it was nighttime in Hogwarts, you had to be on on the edge of your seat being careful of prefects or teachers wandering around. I remember I read recently that that was originally in the game, but they last minute took it out. And even there's some dialogue that kind of hints at that you have to be careful of patrols at night that they, mm -hmm. did, they couldn't really eliminate from a dialogue sequence. I feel like they wanted to, but overall it might have hindered the gameplay. The you freedom know, of The freedom moving. of running around yeah. Hogwarts, because you do a lot at night. I mean, yeah. you're 50-50 basically in this game, daytime or nighttime, whether you're switching or not. So I feel like it would have slowed you down so much to the point, because there's so much to do at night, that, and I mean, what, you could just flu flame anywhere. So they yeah. kind of broke the rules of the patrol by having availability for flu fame 24-7. Yeah, I understand. I understand why they did it. I can see that. But in terms of making it as immersive as possible, making you feel like a student, that would have added a much more immersive quality to it to make you feel like, oh, I'm a real student. I cannot be out of here at night because whenever the kids left the dorms for an adventure, it was like, oh, my God, they have to they have to use the cloak just to move around the castle. Yeah. It had a sense of suspense and thrills that I would have liked to have. And then obviously once you leave the castle, you're, you're fucking good. But I, I would have liked that. I would have liked that. Because you do plenty of wandering around during the daytime, you yeah. know? Also, no Quidditch. At first, I, it's not that big of a deal. That's why I'm putting it kind of low on my cons. It is a con. I mean, you do get the fly, which is super fun. And I thought they did a really great job with the flying and the stuff. The flight like mechanics were great. The yeah. controls were really seamless. And once and you're leveling up your yeah. brooms, you are cruising, cruising. bro. You are yeah. cruising. The yeah. customization of your brooms is awesome as well. I mean, there are rumors of a DLC of Quidditch coming eventually. We'll see. But I think that... I hope if they do a sequel to this game, which I'm sure they will because this game was wildly successful, like we predicted, and everyone called a lot of people call this crazy, <laughs> they sold a lot of copies of Hogwarts Legacy. They got to put Quidditch in the next one, mm -hmm. or at least a DLC. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might be the most common complaint about the game, actually. Uh, but I would say the flying, I think, was an absolute highlight, and they really, really nailed it big yeah. time. Another con I brought up earlier, no background in yourself and your family. Who actually are you? We never really discovered who we are. We never got like letters from our family members. We never sent letters to anybody. I thought we'd be sending letters in, yes, in addition yes. to receiving mail. I would have liked to use the hourly as a regular thing. And also, I believe you were supposed to go to the hourly, owl, owlry originally uh -huh. in the original versions of the game where you had to like go there to send a message or check your mail, but then they just changed it into the start menu. So it seems like they wanted to make it more intense of an RPG, but then kept toning it down is what, I, what I'm gathering. Which I understand. Yeah. I understand. Underdeveloped villains, again, I think both Ranrock and Rookwood were a bit underdeveloped in the storyline. I would have liked to see a little more of them, or like I said, more battles between them and us, mm -hmm. you know, versus just the, the one showdowns that we have. I would say because so much led up to each of the showdowns, they were very underwhelming. Underwhelming boss fights, for sure. Mm -hmm. Also, leveling up. Now, leveling up first is super fast. You know, you don't need a lot of XP to get to 10, you know, get to those levels. But for in terms of beating the game fully, the quest and, and graduating, basically, doing your OWLs and having, the obviously, winning the house cup for whatever house you're in, you had to get to, I believe it was level 34. 
Now I beat the the main quest in Ranrock, and I think I was like level twenty nine or thirty when I did that. Leveling up from thirty to thirty four took me just two days of like <laughs> oh, I just want to get this over with. Like holy yeah. fuck, because it, it was you needed so much XP just to get those other levels, it, grinding like, it out. Like I was yeah. doing Merlin trials because you get eighty XP for those or something like that, and just. All these things just to get as much XP as possible where I wasn't even having a lot of fun doing it. I just wanted to do it just to do it. It was like a job, basically. (laughs) So (laughs) um, I was doing like all the the landing spots with the broom. I was doing all the the balloons with the broom. Like whatever I could do to get experience points, high amounts of them I would do as well as... Yeah, that's why I stopped playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla because it was turning into like an actual grind. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, like fucking age. And then it was (laughs) underwhelming when you beat it. I was like, that's it? That's all that it was? So I would say a con to me was the lack of house points playing a factor because even in the the early games, house points were one of the main uh, storylines. But being a student in Hogwarts and in all the stories and in all the books, like except for obviously the latter ones, you know, the House Cup's so important, and when you get points taken away, it's a big deal. When you win points, it's a big deal. And it's it's like the ultimate competition between houses, the House Cup. And I really enjoyed in the older games where you could see, you could keep track of each house's points, and then that adds an element to, again, feeling like you are a real student at Hogwarts and that experience. So that was another part that's vital to being in Hogwarts that I think was missing and I feel like they could have implemented it in in a pretty simple way you could have gotten in trouble like if if you implement this the patrols with prefects and teachers and getting caught loses you points that would have been terrific and if like then you're like I don't want to get caught I don't want to lose 10 house points or and then it, when you accomplish stuff you do well in class or uh, accomplish a goal then you win points I feel like that could have added another element of excitement, competition, and engagement that would have also compounded on the fact that you feel like a student at Hogwarts. Yeah, I agree. And also back to XP, the challenges were really important because once you accomplish challenges, you get more XP but all, and also like apparel and stuff like that. But also once you complete challenges, I didn't realize it at first, like, you know, you, you get one of the challenges is to defeat like uh, 20 Doug Bogs and then like or like yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. Dark Wizards yeah. and then the next challenge is to beat 30 of them or 10 Trolls Capture this many beasts. Once yeah. you complete full challenge sequences of like the Trolls when you kill more Trolls you get no XP and when you kill more Dark Wizards oh, you get really? no more XP so I was like killing Doug Bogs trying to get my XP up and I was getting no XP points I'm like <laughs> why am I not getting any points and then I looked it up I'm like oh so you, you stop getting XP once you uh, finish yeah. challenges also that reminds me of the rewards I didn't even know you could. You had to collect rewards, like if you collected like you when you com- collect the challenges. So there are a ton of different challenges throughout the game for collecting items, defeating enemies, uh, gathering things, catching beasts, and every time you completed like one out of three or five out of five or ten out of ten, whatever, you would get a reward for each one of those uh, steps to the final one. I didn't even know you, there was rewards to collect until like maybe like two weeks into the game. And then I was like, Jim, have you claimed any rewards? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what is this? And then I, cl- <laughs> I claimed like 60 pieces of clothing. I was like, this has all just been sitting here. <laughs> so I think they didn't they didn't explain that at all. And I, I didn't even realize it until a long time into the game. Another con, which at first I thought was awesome, but then I got kind of, I started not doing it anymore, is the looting. Looting was exciting at first because you really needed the money and getting new gear. <laughs> yeah, and getting new gear was yeah, awesome. Yeah. But then, like halfway through the game, like it became kind of a burden and a waste of time to loot because you didn't really need the money anymore. You were selling whatever you were looting in terms of like getting apparel and the beasts. You're making money off that, especially as well. if you already have like the best clothes. You don't need anything else. So then, like I'm on these quests or I'm in like a a, a dungeon or whatever. I'm not even going for these chests anymore and all these yeah. secret rooms. When I would be like, oh my god, there's a, there's a bag of eight galleons over there, and then it's just like. There's so much to loot, and it comes to a point where the looting is kind of futile. I would, I agree. If they, if they kept making the the loot more valuable or more interesting, I would have enjoyed doing it. Like maybe if there were artifacts you could you could find, or or different kinds of valuable stones that you could eventually sell. Um, I think that would have been better because like it would make sense that like in someone's home they might have 
hidden like some old artifact and you're also just robbing people yeah 24/7. You're robbing people <laughs> like literally breaking and entering <laughs> so i enjoyed looting at first but then i agree i actually just stopped looting unless there was a legendary chest i wouldn't even go near it same i i just like i was like i, I got the to point? the point where i had the top clothes you can wear and they were all retrofitted with upgrades and I over was, 300 yeah. xp in, in defense like, and offense there's no point in even opening a chest anymore so yeah. i agree but if there were things if there are other things in chests like old artifacts like precious stones, I think that would have been a little cool to have. Or if there's just less of it. Yeah. So there's just there's just too much. You know, mm. you're constantly just mm. looking around for galleons and looting. Yeah. And it, like I said, it became pointless to a, to a point. I agree. I agree. What else do we have? I think more interactions with students outside of quests, like going to get a butter beer, just going to Hogsmeade for fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, classes were didn't really seem important at all besides just doing it, hitting the skipping the cinematic to then learn the spell. But I I will say I really liked how you learned spells. When a teacher taught it to you, and then you had to do the certain mod movement, I loved how it wasn't just like, "Oh, I have the spell now." You actually had to like essentially learn it from a teacher or a, prof a professor. I I thought that was terrific. I also I think one final con I would have liked to learn more spells earlier mm -hmm. versus just having like a couple at first. But I would have liked to learn not necessarily the un unforgivable curses because obviously they want you to save that because you'd be unstoppable at like level 12. Yeah. Like it wouldn't even be that enjoyable. You'd get sick of the game because it'd become too boring. Mm -hmm. But like maybe some of the better spells earning, learning a little sooner I think would be more fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely would have, uh, They it took a while to get a full repertoire of, of spells in your utility belt for sure. I will, But I will say another amazing highlight was Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade was so much fun, the detail of it, all the different shops. I love, I, I love just wandering around Hogsmeade. Um, the music that played at Hogsmeade. I mean, to take the the secret entrance behind the one-eyed witch from the school and then coming into the bottom of Honeydukes was just like... Oh, I was like, I can't believe I just took the secret passage. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. So again, the attention to detail. Plus, I enjoyed how you had to buy materials there, you could sell stuff, and then eventually the Haunted Hogsmeade quest was so much fun. PlayStation I, exclusive. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the game. It was really exciting. Uh, it was really intriguing great horror great jump scares great music production design uh they got very creative with that quest if you didn't play it it's too bad but if you did you know what i'm talking about you'll get to, if you're not ps4 ps5 you'll get to play it by february 2023 okay I mean, it, 2024 i thought it was a highlight for me it was really it, it was a good it was a solid hour and a half of just a lot of fun something that was very different mm -hmm. from any of the other quests the quest was better than having a shop exactly. having a shop wasn't that big of a deal yeah i mean because you only got like what like 10 percent increase on sales yeah. so but I just loved that quest, and then I just liked wandering around Hogsmeade, especially when you could start unlocking every door. And I just, I loved the shops. I loved the, I would say I went to the potions shop probably the most, and then the the um, the herbs shop the second most for sure. Yeah, I also liked the mounts a lot. Obviously, the hippogriff mm -hmm. was really cool. The graphorn was badass. You could use that to charge and ram into yeah. people. Um, so the Thestral mounts were fun as well. So, and that was cool, but also getting the, the Phoenix, catching the Phoenix was exciting. That as was hell. fun. Yeah. Did you fly hippogriff over the water? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I did it a few times. I was like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> I had to do it. I did it a few times, especially like the first when you when you rescued the hippogriff with Natsai, and then she she was like flying off into the forest. But I was like, I just went right over the lake. I was like, see you later. <laughs> and I was just like on the lake. I was like, woo! <laughs> then I had to go find her. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though, I I really enjoyed playing the game, and you know, I I always maybe one day I'll just go back and just start playing it for fun, just here and there, mm -hmm. just to, like continue Explore my story. Again. Yeah. And um, I, I'm glad I picked Slytherin, which was so fun. Obviously, if you, uh, you might know that if you were Hufflepuff, you would have gone to the um, Azkaban, not like really doing anything there, just kind of with somebody. So you would have been able to explore Azkaban briefly. So that was like a pro to being in Hufflepuff. But you know, I, I thought, they had a great common room too. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they were all exceptional. I wish. Uh, okay, another con again. I love the common room so much. Slytherin yeah. was beautiful. It's huge. There's really nothing to do in there, though. I would say that same thing, too, because there are some people to talk to, but in terms of the interactivity of the environment, not you. 
There was not, almost no one to talk yeah. to in there. We, you know, at first, no. When I the, when I first started the game, I talked to like almost everybody. You talked to like three people. That's yeah. it. But then after that, you'd never talk to anybody. And in then, there. And then all, what ends up you only thing you do in the common rooms for the entire game is collecting those coins and, yeah. putting, and putting it in your coin bin, which was yeah, which was like kinda, if if the common rooms had their own secrets, maybe secret passageways to hidden areas. I, that would have been really fun to see. Yeah, because I did that that common room chest thing, and I got like the ancient Slytherin Robe. robes. That was just a waste of time. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, how long did that take you? You're like, don't you don't want to know? <laughs> waste of time, man. Because <laughs> the robes were kind of they were cool, but they were kind of distracting. Those I, robes. I had them for like a like for like a half hour. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm changing to something else. Yeah, they were really cool, but I thought it'd be like a better reward as well. I thought I thought it'd be. It yeah, more exciting. If there were like more things to interact with in common rooms, if there were like games to play, if there were puzzles to solve, I think it would have been a lot better. Because um, I would say, playing, there was really no reason to keep going to back to your common room. You didn't have to. And you so, only they just made you spawn there sometimes. Yeah. So I would say, if the next game, if they give you motivation to really want to keep going to your common room to do things, I think that would be really helpful. Like if you had a girlfriend, you wanted to go kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kiss. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that despite being gorgeous and so fun to walk through, yeah, there's really nothing to do in the common rooms. Yeah, I totally agree. And even for all the attention to detail, it was missing engagement. And now, obviously, there's gonna be plenty of cons. It's, it's Port Key's first game, and for a first game, they did a remarkable job. It was stunning. It was so much fun to play. The attention to detail. The the love for the lore and the story and what was described in the books and really trying to translate that visually for players and fans alike. I thought it was just so much fun. I loved flying. I loved combat. The music was remarkable. It was so visually stunning. The graphics were insane. And I did really love just wandering around Hogwarts Castle or flying around it. I would I will say that it's not technically their first game. It's mm -hmm. their first game that isn't really an app so okay. they've made games that are apps so they gotcha. made like harry potter hogwarts mystery like Wizards phone Unite. apps yeah so those are app games this is like their first console pc game though i'll give you that just a quick correction gotcha so well, te yeah, technically it's their first yeah. RP real first real, rpg first well first console real video yeah, game. yeah so not that app games aren't real but this <laughs> is really, yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm really impressed for this being their first time doing something like this absolutely they, did, they really knocked it out of the park i was really satisfied and I hope that they come out with another game and add the things that we were talking about it was missing. And then, but uh, and, uh, one more thing, I wish I actually wish it was longer to play. I felt like I, I finished it too quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would say I would have liked it if it was the, little, the main little, quest. Yeah, a little longer. Yeah, I agree. In Avalanche, I think this was their first RPG, open world RPGs, but I think they did a really terrific job. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I thought it was exceptional. I will definitely play the fuck out of a sequel if they make one. Yes. So yes. I bet we get one in like 2027 or something mm -hmm. like that, 2026, depending on how long it takes to make. You know they greenlit it for and sure, secretly. But I wonder if it'll take place in the same time span, if Dumbledore will come into play because canonically he comes into Hogwarts in 1892 as their first year. I think... Go with some recognizable names next time. But I like how they didn't do it in this one yeah. because it would have taken away from your character yeah. and your story. But I would say recognizable names, and that would just be fantastic. Like, if you could play as, like, Albus Dumbledore as a teenager, that would be insane. I was disappointed, though, because technically there should have been a serious black at school. Yeah. Because with, uh, obviously, uh, black as the headmaster at the same time, there was a serious black student. Mm -hmm. In the black family. Gotcha. So canonically, they got a lot right, but that should have, I feel like that should have been in the game. Yeah. Simon Pegg was funny. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah. Yeah, his headmaster black. I like, they did, I mean, they got Polyjuice Potion in there, mm -hmm. but I would have liked it if um, there were more uses of Polyjuice Potion. I thought you were going to have to brew it yourself, yeah, like same, in a bathroom same. or something. I thought that it would take you, like, you would have to wait because yeah. you know how every potion has a time. I thought it would be like Polyjuice Potion, one thirty month. days. <laughs> that <laughs> would uh, that would have been fun. How long is it gonna take to make a month? A, a month. month. <laughs> He'll have killed half the half the kids, half, in, <laughs> half, half, half the, the half, Muggleborns, half the Muggleborns in school by then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning into our review and breakdown of our experience playing Hogwarts Legacy. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be doing The Last of Us and Last of Us Part 2 breakdowns myself very soon. Anthony's going to do Red Dead Redemption 2, <laughs> right? Bang, bang. Oh, yeah. And then we'll do some Arthur other stuff. Arthur Morgan coming. <laughs> That's a good impression. <laughs> so excited to get back into gaming. It's been a blast. Be sure to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's the very best way to support our show. At a minimum of $2, you get access to our weekly chat, which is exclusively moving to Patreon only. All new episodes of weekly chat are going to Patreon only. As well as, you'll also have access to a weekly bonus episode that only patrons have too. So you get bonus episodes at a minimum of $2. Other tiers are $5, $10, $25, $100. The $10 tier gets you also access to our Discord. We do watch parties. We talk on there every day with everybody. An amazing film community is growing there. As well as $25 tier, you get a custom episode. You pick the topic and we do it for you. That $100 tier is the chosen one because you also, in addition to all that, get a private watch party. You also get that custom episode. You also get free merch for some of these tiers as mm-hmm. well that we'll send you. Not to mention after three months in that chosen one tier, you get to come on the show for a fun guest segment. We bring you in for the intermission and chat a little bit about the topic. And that's always so exciting. Yeah, we've had a bunch on so far. So, And yeah. you're also an EP. You, you get your name shout out at the end of main episodes if you're in the chosen one tier. Thank you to our patrons. You literally keep the lights on for the show. You help Anthony get the potatoes at Trader Joe's that he really likes. I love them. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in around the world. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our chosen one patrons, Cody Moen. Andrew Hagen, Becca Keen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian, Tyler McFly, and Sal Koching. Our chosen one patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.